offer salvation. King of kings and the Lord of lords, we bless your name. Unto you be the honor and glory. We thank you for the fullness of your son. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the victory. We thank you for what you have done and you will continue to do. We thank you for everything. This moment into your hand. Come and bless your church. Come and, oh Lord, build us up. Come and edify us. Come and equip us. Holy Spirit, come and reveal to us the mysteries of the intentions of God so that we will live here with hope. We will live here with increased faith. I bless your name. I magnify your name. I yield myself as an instrument of worship. Give me the strength to declare your excellence. Give me the wisdom to communicate your love clearly to your church. In Jesus' name, shall we say amen. It has pleased the Lord that this weekend um, we will praise the fullness of God. But it's my prayer that for us to do it properly, we need to understand what his fullness is about. Shall we say amen? Shall we turn our Gospels or Scripture to the Gospel according to John, chapter number 1, verse 14 to 16? Can we have it up? John's Gospel, chapter number 1, verse 14. Amen. And we beheld his glory. I'm starting again. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Glory as of only begotten from the Father. Full of grace and truth. John beareth witness of him. And cried saying, This was he of whom I said, He that cometh after me is become before me. For he was before me. For of his fullness we all receive. And grace after grace. Shall we say amen? According to the scriptures, God in his own wisdom chose the season in which the Lord Jesus 
was sent into the world to bring him. Hallelujah. And he did so many things during his incarnation. And the gospel writers writing about him. The four writers each chose some aspect of the Lord Jesus as the topic of their gospel. And so Matthew writing, he, in his writing, he wanted to prove the kingship of Jesus. And so he began to trace the genealogy of Jesus all the way from Abraham to the line of David to prove the Davidic lineage of Jesus. So also was Mark. Mark wanted to prove the servanthood of Jesus. And so he chose the miracles and the stories that typify the public service of the Lord Jesus. And so also was Luke. He wanted to prove the humanity of Jesus. And so he chose those miracles and the stories that line up with his goal. But when it came to John, John wanted to prove the deity of Christ. And so John said, I don't, I don't have to trace any stories. John began with saying that Jesus is God and nothing else. And so in John's gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, he began by saying that, or by showing us where Jesus was. Say, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him that was made. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. That light shined darkness. And the darkness comprehended it in not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came to bear the witness of the light. John was just a messenger, but he was not the light. And so, the John, not the Baptist, or not John, not the baptizer, but John, the disciple, he's skipping forward. He moved to John 4, 1 verse 14. He said that this word that was in the beginning with God came down and wrapped himself with flesh. And so this word that was in the beginning with God became flesh. Why was the word sent to us? Let's read Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6. Hallelujah. You know, I, I did not uh, give my message a topic, but uh, this weekend, you know, we, our theme for the Christmas convention was the, the praise of his fullness. Hallelujah. And um, if I were to give my message a subject, uh, you would call it the fullness of God in the fullness of time. Shall we say amen? The fullness of God in the fullness of time. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6. But when the fullness 
of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Shall we say amen? amen? I will give a little history of the fullness of God. According to the Bible, God created man to have dominion over all the earth. According to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. And so God created man just as he, he desired in his heart and gave man authority and gave him a charge that he should rule over all the earth. And not long after that, man relinquished this dominion that God gave him unto the devil. Hallelujah. When you read Romans chapter 6, verse 16, let's read that quick. But it, it, it says that when a person offers himself to obey another person, he becomes a slave to that person. So many times we say that, you know, man lost his dominion, the dominion that God gave to man. So many times we say it, but, you know, some, sometimes we, we, we struggle to comprehend or understand it. But according to uh, Romans 6, 16, he said, Know you not that to whom you present yourself as servant unto obedience, his servant you are whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of or of obedience unto righteousness. Shall we say amen? Can I have the uh, HSC Bible or King James, please? But uh, to some, it says that every time you obey somebody, you offer yourself to obey somebody, you become the servant of that person. And if you are a servant of somebody, then you have legally relinquished your power to that person. You know, the, the book of Romans, you, you know, you know, the, uh, talks about the spiritual things that, that, that are happening in, in this life. And so uh, Paul writing, uh, he said in Romans chapter 7 that, Brethren, don't you know that I write to those that know the law? So these are spiritual laws that operate in this life. That if you offer yourself to obey somebody, you give up your power to them. And they become your boss. And so in the garden, when man chose to listen to the devil, to obey the devil instead of the voice of God. Man gave up his dominion. Man gave up his power unto the devil. And so, right from there, man was kicked out of the garden. But to the carnal man, that was the end of the story. I created you to have dominion. And you, with no, because you don't follow that dominion, you gave it up. To the carnal man, that was the end of the story. But according to Ephesians chapter 2, he said that, but God, being rich in mercy, had already devised a plan for, for the faith of man. And so he told the devil, that I'm going to send the seed of the woman who is going to bruise 
your head. And you in turn will bruise the heel of women or of, of men. Shall we say amen? amen? And so, skipping forth to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 that we read. It says that when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Shall we say amen? amen. I, just, I, just, I, just, I just want to uh, give a little bit of what happened between the time that man lost his dominion until the time when God sent forth the fullness. In place of calling Jesus the Son of God, for this weekend, we shall say that word. God sent forth his fullness. Hallelujah. God sent forth his fullness. And then when God was about to send his fullness, he came with everything. The term fullness is so heavy. Fullness of God talks about the whole Godhead. Fullness of God talks about the deity of God. Fullness of God is not about divinity. You know, for the prophets of old, many of them had divinity operating in their life. They had attributes or nature or qualities of God. Those are divinity. But when you're talking about the fullness of God, it is the entire Godhead wrap himself in man. And why is that so? Why is it that when God decided to send forth his son, the whole of the Godhead wrapped themselves in one flesh to come? They did so because the job needed the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Between the time that man lost his dominion and until the time that God sent his son. The Bible says that we were given unto the law to teach us about our inheritance. Hallelujah. Let's read Galatians chapter 3 verse 22 to I'm still in the in-between of the time that man lost dominion and then the, the son of man or the fullness of God came unto us. In between that time, or going back, when, 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 when man gave up his dominion, three things happened. 
One, the justice of God required that man should die. Because God told Adam that the very day that you eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, that day you will die. And so the justice of God required that man should die or man must die. But to the carnal man, this promise had not happened, but it had actually happened. It occurred instantly, the very moment they ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And the same applies to anyone who does not know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. Because of sin, man lost his relationship with God. Man was eternally separated from God. Man was dead right away. Even though Adam and Eve were living and so were their descendants. They were living and they were moving and they were going about. They were going to work, clocking in and out. But they were dead spiritually. They were like an electro, uh, 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 electronic device that is supposed to be plugging to gain energy. But instead of being plugging, it's running on a battery. And so when the, even though it's, it's operating, it is, it's, 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 it's operating with a timeout. That the moment the battery runs out, it falls off and dies. And so is anybody who, has, who does not have the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight, are you operating on your own? Or are you hooked to the fullness of God? Still, I'm on the three things... Uh, or few things I wanted to note when man gave up his dominion. I already said that the justice of God required that man must die. Another thing to note is that even though man gave up his dominion, man was still in the image and the likeness of God. And man was still entitled to his inheritance. Man was still the child of God. And so let's, let's, let's come to Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse 22. But the scripture has imprisoned everything under sin's power, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Before this faith came, we were confined under the law, in prison until the coming faith was revealed. The law then was our guardian until Christ, so that we could be justified by faith. But since that faith had come, we are no longer under a guardian. Shall we say amen? Let's read, uh, this, skip to uh, Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Can I have the King James, please? Galatians 4, 1. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. Let's continue. But it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Say after me, until the time appointed of the Father. 
Let's go to verse 3. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Back to Galatians 4.1, it says that an heir, as long as he's a child, he's given to guardians or he's, he's given under tutors and governors until he comes of age or until the time appointed by the father. I said that when man sinned, man did not lose his image or his rightful place with God. He was still the child of God, even though he has lost his dominion. And the thing that man did, Adam and Eve did in the garden, was an act of children. Or was an act that, 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 that is uh, given to, or that, that is done by children. We, we know that children like flashy things. Children like glittering things. And when, when you read the encounter in the garden, the Bible says that when the devil came through the serpent, he told them that, you know, the day that you eat of this, you will not die. You will know all things. And you will be like God. That is a shiny statement. Appealing. Say, you will be like God. And then the, the serpent continued. Say that when, uh, or the story continued, that when Eve saw the, saw, 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 saw the fruit, it was pleasing to the eye. Shiny things. And it was capable, or to them, it was capable of giving them wisdom. So all these shiny things, from the devil, man reach out. And so that art is an, is an art of children. When we let go of God's promises and we reach out for flashy things, to now how are you living your life? Are you living your life according to the promises of God? Or according to vain promises and shiny things that is going on. And so because of this Adam and Eve did, or because of this man did, man was considered in the sight of God as a child. As an heir that is not of age. As an heir who is still entitled to his or her inheritance, but then has not come to an age, God said that you are not ready. You are not ready to handle. And so God gave them the law, the law of Moses. And so Galatians chapter 3 verse 22 that we read. It said that the law was a schoolmaster to teach us. So that we will grow up until we will come of an age. Shall we say amen? amen. I'm, I'm checking the time. During this time also, God did not give up on his children. He kept reminding them through prophecy that 
The promise I gave to you in the garden, I have still not forgotten it. Shall we say amen? amen. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 to 11. Whom having not seen you love, in whom, though now you see him not, you yet believing, you rejoice with joy, unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesies of the grace that should come unto you? Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them did signify. I take verse 11 again. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Shall we say amen? Again, during, during, during this time when man was under tutorage and the governorship of the law, God kept reminding them and giving them hope of a grace that was to come. And the Bible says that the spirit of Christ came on some of the prophets and gave them prophecies regarding the sufferings of Christ. And so when, when you read some of the prophecies, you know, we, we have so, so many prophecies in the Old Testament that talks about the coming of the promised Messiah. But some of them, especially the ones from David, David was a great prophet. Some of them, it was... It was given in the first person. The Spirit of Christ came upon such prophet. Isaiah was one of them. David was one of them. And they prophesied as if that those things they were talking about was going to happen to them. Through the Spirit of Christ, they prophesied. They prophesied about extraordinary things that they never experienced in their life. Shall we read Psalm 22? Verse 16 and 17. Say, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. Let's do 18. They part my garment among them and cast lots 
upon my gesture. This is David giving this prophecy. It was the spirit of Christ in him, but he never experienced it. And I see how painful that might have been. And so when, when, when Peter says that word, this salvation, they, 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 they inquire diligently, looking into what manner or time it shall be. But it was still on the way. They were under the tutorage and the governorship of the law. But the promise was still under the way. Let's read Isaiah 50. Verse 6. No, 15550. Say, I gave my back to the smartest and my cheek to them that pluck off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded. But this was what Isaiah gave in the prophecy of the Messiah to come. I know we, we talk about the resurrection of Christ, but his incarnation is the greatest mystery and the greatest story of our salvation. Without his incarnation, there will be no Christ. Without his incarnation, there will be no death of the Messiah. For him to even to resurrect. Hallelujah. And so under tutorage, God inspired them. Kept reminding them that I have not given up on that promise. That the seed of the woman is coming one day. And so when we read Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. It says that. In the fullness of time. Let's, let's read that. Let's go there. We are finishing. Galatians 4. Let's, let's do the 4. 4 verse 4. Say, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. When the son of God came, I already said that he came in the fullness of God. God came in his fullness. And that, that, that is heavy. That is from uh, John, uh, John's Gospel 116. We read earlier, say, and of his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. When God was coming, he came in fullness. And that is a scary thing that for, for the fullness of God to come and dwell among men. I wrote a quote here I didn't bring, but C.H. Spurgeon, uh, commenting on, on the topic, said that when God was to come, he could not come in part. God cannot come in part. God has to come in his fullness. 
But the fullness of God is skeleton. We can handle his presence and his attribute and his power, some of it. But in the Old Testament, when they brought the ark and the fullness of God showed up, his fullness come with all his attribute, his justice, his power. And so his fullness, which counts with his glory, cannot overlook sin. And so that's why when a man, when the ark was falling and a man tried to save the ark, Oh, you sinful man, how dare you touch the holiness of God. God killed him. The fullness of God is a skeleton. But how can the fullness of God dwell among man? Sinful man like you and I. I believe it was so much struggle in the Lord Jesus. Here we have the spirit of God, the whole deity, Godhead, dwelling in him. That comes with the justice of God. He's seen sin. But then the mercy of God and the grace. I think he was so conflicted in his spirit. But yet still, God cannot come in part. He sent his fullness. Let's go to Galatians. Uh, so for, uh, 4 verse 4 uh, going. He said, I was made... Made of a woman. He said I was the seed of the woman. How many of you believe in the virgin birth of Christ? There was a survey done, but most, most, most Christians struggle with that. But if you don't, then I'm sorry, you are in the wrong place. Because not to, not to believe that Jesus was born, not by the will of a man. But by God. Not to believe that is to, is, 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 to, is to say that what? He is a man of God. But Jesus is the son of God. When you read Luke's gospel chapter 1. The Bible says that the angel Gabriel visited Mary. And said that you are going to have a child. And Mary said that. But how can this be? Knowing that I, I, I know no man, the angel said that, do not be afraid. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High God will overshadow you. I know I'm more in, you know, in, in, in scripture and in theology and all that, but I don't know what it is that you are believing God for. That tonight, you don't even know where it's going to come from. Do you have a question of how can this be? Are you facing an impossibility tonight? The Bible says that when Mary faced the impossible, and he had a question, how can this be? The angel says that the power of God will overshadow you. Tonight, every question that you came with, may the power of God overshadow you. May God give you hope. May the promise of his fullness give you hope. Shall we say amen? Still continue. So born of a woman, say made under the law. In humanity, he wasn't just a human, but he was born in the Jewish society. And so he followed all the ordinances of the law at the time. And he fulfilled every single one of them. 
And that's what gave him the rightful place to be our redeemer. Shall we say amen? Let's read Colossians chapter 1 verse 19. Wrapping up. Say, for it pleased the Lord. No, I take the For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Shall we say amen? And let's read uh, the same Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10. Say, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Shall we say amen? In the fullness of time, as I sum up, God sent forth his son who came to reveal the whole Godhead bodily. Shall we say amen? And because of his fullness, Going back to John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 16. It says that because of this fullness, we have received grace upon grace. Shall we say amen? amen. Tonight you have received grace. His fullness has brought mankind grace upon grace. The saint of old operated in the power of God. They operated under grace. But to us, we have received grace upon grace. What they receive in part, we have received in full. According to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1, say the law and the sacrifice and everything that they did, were a shadow and types of the rare thing that was to come. But thanks be to God that in our age, God has chosen this season and this time that we will receive the fullness of God. And because of his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. What does this mean to us? What is the implication of the fullness of God? I wrote so much here, but we are going to pray. Time will not permit me. But Galatians chapter 4 verse 2 says that an heir is given under tutorage unto the time that is appointed by the Father. And so if the fullness of God has come tonight, it means that you and I are no longer children. 
We are to stand up and claim our rightful place of an heir. If you don't, if you are still doing childhood things, I'm sorry. This is the fullness of time. And the fullness of God has come. And the fullness of God requires you and I to no longer be children. To no longer go after childhood things. Paul said in First uh, Corinthians chapter 13 that when I was a child, I talked like a child. I taught like a child and I reasoned like a child. But when I grew up, I gave up all the childhood things. Fullness of God has come. You are to stand up and to claim, claim your rightful place as an heir of God. The Galatians that, that we read, uh, go to uh, verse, verse 5. He said that well, the, the reason, he got the reason why God sent his fullness to redeem them. That were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. To to did, did, did the word deem, D-E-E-M, means own. And so to redeem means to re-own or claim back. And so God is calling us back. God is calling all of us back to be sons, not children. Sons of God. Church, there's no time. To be children again. Let us throw away any childhood things. And let us stand up and rise up to our rightful place as heirs of God with an inheritance to take back our dominion because the fullness of God has come. Shall we be stand shall we stand up?